All right, we're going to do something different. We're not going to break for Omega. We're going to continue exactly where we left off. And we're going to end with a time of worship. Matt, I want you to get those two photos ready. I want to give you an illustration of what I was saying before. I I have a sermon. I've got notes. I'm not preaching it. That's waving the notes at me. (laughs) If you would get those two photos ready. Friday morning, before the Saturday morning prayer meeting, Friday, this was the last thing that I saw. Can I have the first picture on the screen? Hurricane Dorian was going to make landfall probably somewhere around uh, Monday, Tuesday. It was going to come somewhere north of Miami. There were certain models that were showing. There was one or two models that was going to take it across the state of Florida, but most of them were coming on land a good hundred miles in and then going up. That's the last thing I saw on Friday until I came to pray Saturday morning with some of you. And as we were praying, we weren't even talking about the storm. As we were praying, I saw an army of angels, and I tell you the truth, God is my witness, and I told the people praying with me, I saw an army of angels making a wall along the coast of Florida. Now you say, how did you see it? No, I didn't see it like I see Didi right here. It was like you're looking through a veil. I see this faint. You're seeing in the spirit. And I see these angels, an army of them. And they were right up the coast. And they were blowing Dorian out to sea. And so... So I turned to everyone that was there present praying with us and uh, I said to them, you know, this is what I see. And I, I honestly believe we need to pray that and join in with what the Spirit of God is showing me. Join in with the angels. God says in the book of Isaiah, he says, I have put my word in your mouth so that I can plant the heavens. And I said, come, let's start to agree with what the Holy Spirit is showing me and uh, release words that will allow the angels to fight and blow this thing out to see. So we started to pray. Sometime later, about two hours later, Pastor Jan, who heads up intercession in the church, says to me, uh, Hey, you want to see a miracle? Well, I'm always up for seeing a miracle. And she says, I want to show you something. And she gives me her phone. And then this is the, a similar picture to what came up. I don't have the exact picture. Can we go to the next picture, Matt? She says, that's what they're forecasting right now. <clears throat> So when Jesus said, if you speak to the mountain, 
Was he saying it because he just wanted to say nice religious words? Do you know that they are not nice religious words if they're not true? If they are not 100% the embodiment of truth, even if there's a shadow of exaggeration in it, it is not the spirit of truth. It's a lie. And God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't need to impress anybody. So there are so many things we read in Scripture and we treat it like, oh, well, you know, that just sounds so nice. But it's just God's comforting words. Okay, God's going to give you the comforting words and then hit you with a, 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 a freight train. So now he's a God of deception. Let me comfort you. Let me give you nice religious words. I'll give you the Psalms. And oh, what you're hearing right now is a tornado that's barreling down the street about to blow you all to smithereens. I'm sorry. We just did a whole series on judging God faithful. And many times we project the wrong image of God. God doesn't say nice words so that he could create this religious euphoria. God speaks truth. And so when he says, you'll speak to the mountain, that mountain could be a storm, that mountain could be a hurricane, that mountain can be a medical verdict, that mountain can be anything that has come out of the mouth of a herd of demons who need to be cast back into a herd of pigs. Earthquakes, tsunamis, volcanoes, and all the things that are happening are the result of the law of sin and death. The earth, creation is subject to the bondage of decay. And she is groaning as if in child pains, waiting for the birthing of her deliverance. If you and I are not meant to have any effect on the earth, then why did God make you salt? Thank you. Thank you. I take a dead piece of meat and put salt on it. Salmon. I love salmon. You might not. But I learned the trick. I, I, I take salmon and I get sea salt. And I lightly dust it with sea salt and put nothing else on it. And the salt pulls all the juices of flavor that are hidden in a dead piece of meat and brings it to the surface so that your mouth goes pow. And you go, wow, that tastes great. You see, salt is meant to bring back the life, the wow. Salt preserves. It disinfects. It destroys evil bacteria. The analogy is not wasted. You are the salt of the world. Why are we the salt if we're not meant to have influence on the elements? Why would God model a son in Christ and say he's the firstborn of many brethren, but all of you other suckers aren't going to be anything like him? 
Come on. You know, you, you might be thinking right now, should he be talking like that in church? That's the problem. We're so used to religious language that... <clears throat> God became a son to model what a son looks like and die for us so that if we believe in him, he becomes the firstborn of many brethren and we become like him. So that the same way we bore the likeness of the first Adam, we will now bear the likeness of the last Adam. I got news for you. The last Adam stood in a rowboat and said to the wind and to the waves, Stop! That's who you are. That's what's in you. That's what we're made of. That's why Jesus could say, the things I've done, you're going to do also. Uh, excuse me, Jesus, but I think you're doing those things because you're God. If that's the truth, and he did what he did just because he's God, then he's saying, I'm going to make you greater than God because you're going to do greater things than the things I've done. How many of you think Jesus would be advocating blasphemy? Jesus did what he did, not because he was God. He came as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. And so that we could do what he does, when he left, he sent the same Holy Ghost so that when we get baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in tongues, we also get the ability to see in the prophetic, to hear in the spirit, and to discern in the Holy Ghost, and to lay hands on the sick so that they recover, and to speak to the wind and to the waves, and the elements that are puppets to the God of this world. You've got to understand, church, we are living in a kingdom inside of a kingdom. This world belongs to the God of darkness, but I have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness, and I am in the kingdom of God right now, right here, in the devil's face, and God has given us the right to rip the gates of hell off its hinges. That's why he said, and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against you. You'll pound it, you'll pound it, you'll pound it, and it'll break loose. Most of us take that scripture, most of the church takes that scripture and says, Thank you, God. The gates of hell are going to pound me, pound me, pound me, but they won't prevail. I'll make it to the end. All beat up and bruised, but I'm going to make it. Thank God Jesus is coming soon. And the more the gates of hell pound on us, because that's how we've judged God, the more the gates of hell pound on us, we're getting so beat up and so bruised every once in a while, we say, Jesus, can you come now? And the whole purpose of the church is to invade the earth and fill it with the glory of God. 
worthy, worthy. You alone are worthy. We've had church come stand and let's worship the God who is the only God. Let's worship our Father and our Creator. Come on. Worthy, worthy. Let's sing that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I got a great sermon for you next week. Amen. Hey, listen. We've already made it clear we don't do church like typical church. We don't want to be religious. So right now, I'm encourage everyone who wants to, let go of your security blanket, let go of that chair in front of you, and let's worship the kingdom. Come on down. Come on down, church. Thank you, Jesus.